It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Thank you for joining us for another Tuesday edition of our podcast. There are lots of things going on in the United States. Um, Obviously, the indictment of a former president. You got the debt limit looming. You have an unstable economy. But uh, there are also issues around the globe that uh, do not always get the attention that they should get. And I want to talk to someone um, who has dedicated the better part of his career in public service, certainly since he's been in Congress, to understanding and knowing and having a position on matters that involve foreign policy and American diplomacy and our military and the use of our military. But we will start with the indictment in New York, uh, former President Trump, on what would be a misdemeanor. Honestly, legally, it's pretty factually thin, even for a misdemeanor make it a felony. There has to be another crime involved. And right now, that's the great mystery. What is that other crime? But here's what's not a mystery. My guest, Senator Lindsey Graham from the great state of South Carolina. Senator, how are you? Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you, Trey. I hear you're the number one podcast. Is that right? The number one podcast that you are currently doing right now, yes. Yeah. The number the number one <laughs> the number one that involves me and you at this very moment. Yes. Okay. Right. Uh, well anyway, uh yeah, it's all good. I'm not in the top ten of my own household. So I yeah, well, I, I, I know your household. So for those who are listening, I played with Trey uh a couple of days ago 30 mile an hour winds best i've ever seen you hit the ball and i really don't like complimenting you but <laughs> it, it, it's deserved in this case uh speaking of trump well i only get to play four or five times a week so in my in my defense i i when i don't hit the ball well it's just dude i'm a workaholic you know that i know your your wife's so lucky to have you uh it's just a, you're around the house kind of guy uh I heard you bought our lawnmower for Christmas. That was really good of you. Uh, so speaking of Trump, you know, you're a smart lawyer. I, I don't think this case is going to survive a lot of scrutiny, but let's just step back a little bit, Trey. And where are we going as a country? Bill Clinton, uh, remember him? I do. Yeah, okay. Well, he was former president. He got sued for sexual harassment. By Paula Jones, and he gave a deposition about a situation with Monica Lewinsky, and he lied. And I uh, understand he lost his license, law license, for a few years, but he wasn't prosecuted. And I, quite frankly, was okay with that. It was a personal matter. You know, you tend to want to protect your family when you get in situations like that. But nobody prosecuted Bill Clinton for lying under oath. Uh, you have Hillary Clinton. She's a Democratic nominee. Um, she had 33,000 emails under subpoena. You know this better than anybody. They magically go away. And apparently somebody in her world took a hammer to a hard drive and nothing happened to her. So here's my point. Whether you like Trump or don't like Trump, what's going on in New York is just legally bizarre, resurrecting the dead legally just to get the guy because you don't like him. 
And we can't live in a world where a Democrat does similar things and nothing happens to them. A banana republic, by definition, Trey, is a place where it's not about what you do, it's who you are. If you're not in the right tribe or the right group, you can't get a fair shake. And a lot of Republicans listening to this podcast today believe that America is going down that road of where if you're a Democrat, you get away with it. If you're a Republican, you spit on the sidewalk, they're coming after you. And that's what worries me the most. You know, Senator, before you went into uh, maybe while you were in the state house, but certainly before you went into Congress, you were part of the judicial system. You have a very successful private law practice. You you were a trial lawyer, and that used to kind of be where we would go for the playing field to be level was our judicial system. Um, you know, I don't want to sound too hokey, but she is blindfolded for. A reason. And when you either let that blindfold slip or when you with volition remove it, I worry about our country. And I and and this is coming from somebody who used to tell Republicans to stop chanting, lock her up because you don't we don't lock people up that have not been indicted or tried or convicted. It's just it. I hate to use the phrase of weaponization, but that probably is the best phrase. It is weaponizing justice. Well, you know, you, you made a career of the law. You're a great member of Congress, but I know you love the law. I mean, I like politics, but I love the law. In theory, the law is the place where the most unpopular person you get a fair shake, where the rich guy doesn't have to pay just because they've got money, and uh, the poor person can sue the rich guy and, and, and have an objective decision made. We're losing that if we don't watch it. What happened in New York is I don't know what the second crime is, but here's what I believe. There's no way in hell that they would do this to anybody but Donald Trump. <laughs> the guy ran on the, the idea, if you elect me, I'll get Trump, I'll stand up to Trump, I'll come after Trump. And what they did to President Trump, he's the only person in the history of New York City to be charged this way. I think it's selective prosecution. And I don't know what's coming down the road. We'll we'll call them as we see them in Georgia and you know, up in D.C., but I do know this, that in Manhattan, Trump got 12 percent of the vote. He got 5 percent of the vote in D.C., where the grand jury's operating, and he got 25 percent of the vote in Fulton County. Uh, I just worry that we're opening Pandora's box and that Republicans in red states are going to start looking for Democrats to go after, and that will erode the law and destroy the rule of law as we know it. And I just hope uh, we can stop it before it gets to that level. And what I wish we could get to at some point in our culture and our society is for folks to say, my friends can be wrong and my opponents can be right. And I'm going to treat both with the same amount of fairness. And when I look at this fact pattern, Senator, I mean, I I mean, how would you like to go to court with someone who has been convicted of making a false statement under oath and an executive with the National Enquirer as your as your two? two of your more important witnesses, and then you get to the merits of it. And there, there are a thousand reasons that people do not would not want others to know that they had an extramarital affair. If that is indeed what happened, there are that's a thousand right, reasons. Right. Well, that's and then, yeah. yeah, well, that didn't even get to the OK. So the facts are thin. The law is a mystery, as you pointed out. We right. don't know what that other crime is. And then you get to the jurisprudence of it, the ju- jurisprudential side of it. Right. This is a prosecutor who really struggles to find 
a crime that is worth prosecuting. I mean, he's got a long list of ones that that he's going to ignore, but not this one. It's just it's the wrong facts, the wrong law and the wrong prosecutor. I, I don't know what's in the other three investigations. I don't know. But this is thin to me. Well, no, I, I think it's legally dubious. I mean, you know, the whole theory of trying to get around the statute of limitations is that misdemeanors that are no longer subject to being prosecuted can be revived if there's another crime. Well, we don't know what that other crime is. We know that the Federal Elections Commission looked at the campaign, you know, contribution allegation. They decided not to do anything with it. We know the U.S. attorney, who's a federal prosecutor, decided not to prosecute the campaign violation. We know that Obama made a campaign violation, paid a fine. We know Hillary Clinton paid Fusion GPS from her campaign, paid a fine. We know that she took a, her people took a hammer to a hard drive. They weren't charged with obstruction of justice. We know they deleted 33,000 emails. You know it better than anybody. They weren't charged with obstruction of justice. And I'm not saying they should have been. I'm just saying what we need to do is have some semblance of same. And let me tell you what's going to happen politically here. There'll be a backlash in our state, South Carolina. South Carolinians in the Republican primary are probably going to be pretty upset with what's happening in New York. I think you see Trump's numbers going up. Um, you know, if our good friend Tim Scott runs, he'd be a great candidate. But there's a lot of sympathy right now for President Trump, whether you like him or not. But here's what I worry about. As we deal with things like this that divide the country, the bad guys are going to rear their ugly heads, and we've got to keep our eyes on the ball overseas. This is a really dangerous time in America. As we're at each other's throats, we got to pay attention to what's going on overseas. And I tell you what I see unnerves me a lot. We're going to take a quick break. More of my interview with Senator Lindsey Graham is next. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. We're going to span the globe. I'm going to pick a country. You tell us what you see. I'd love for you to tell us what maybe our listeners don't get a chance to hear or maybe is not okay. emphasized enough that you think is really important. Let's start with Ukraine. Okay. Um, the Ukrainians can win with the right help. Nobody believed it, including me. I thought they'd fold after a couple of weeks. 400 days later, they're wearing the Russian army out. Uh, they're not going to quit until they get all their land back. Here's what's at stake in Ukraine. In 1994, 98, I can't remember, the Budapest Memorandum was signed where the Ukrainians gave up 1,700 nuclear weapons. In Russia, the United States and Great Britain would guarantee their sovereignty in exchange for giving up the nukes back to Russia. And the map in question included the Crimea as part of the Ukraine. So what has Putin done? He did what Hitler did, sign an agreement, tore it up. He's not going to stop in Ukraine. We've got to stop him in Ukraine. If we don't, he goes to Moldova, Georgia, and eventually he'll cross uh, paths with a NATO nation. We're going to have a full-blown NATO-Russia war. So Ukraine's really important. And if you don't think China's watching us regarding how we deal with Ukraine, you're crazy. China wants Taiwan in the worst way. And if we can win in Ukraine against Russia, I think it deters China. If the West folds uh, regarding Ukraine because it's just taken too long and it's too hard, then I think there goes Taiwan. I think what happens to Ukraine can be the liberation of Taiwan or the death sentence for Taiwan. Uh, let's go to Iran. The Iranians are watching. I'm going to Israel pretty soon here. Here's something your listeners need to understand. One Holocaust is enough. 
for the Jewish people. The Iranian Ayatollah is a religious nut. He's a religious Nazi. They constantly talk about destroying the state of Israel. You know, Rocket Man in North Korea is kind of a thug. I don't think he's going to attack America tomorrow. He doesn't have a religious motivation. Putin's a thug. You know, China is a communist dictatorship, but they're not suicidal. Religion and weapons of mass destruction are a bad combination. I am convinced that the Israelis are convinced if the Ayatollah had a single bomb, they would use it against, he would use it against the state of Israel. We're on the brink of a major military engagement between Israel and Iran because the world has let Iran go to 60% enrichment of uranium. They're just probably a couple months away from having bomb-grade material. And we're sitting on the sidelines not doing much about it, and we're putting Israel in a box. So watch what happens in the Mideast this summer. I want to go back to Ukraine and ask you a follow-up question there and then a follow-up question on Iran. Okay. Because I think one thing that vexes our listeners is, okay, there, there's overwhelming consensus. No U.S. troops get involved in Ukraine and in, in the right. Ukraine inv- the invasion of Ukraine. All right. No, no U.S. troops. Are there limits on what equipment the U.S. should or can give Ukraine? That's question number one. And number two, it's one thing to say no troops. I guess it's another thing to maybe possibly be slightly agnostic. I don't get that, but I don't understand the pro-Putin elements within the Republican (laughs) Party. I I, I really do not. I'm not being facetious. I I do not understand that. Yeah, okay, so Putin is a war criminal. The International Criminal Court, which we're not a member of, but I know the prosecutor, he's a British guy, Prosecutor Gunn, has brought an arrest warrant against Putin for the kidnapping of 16,000 Ukrainian children by force of arms, removing them from their families in Ukraine and sending them to Russia. I thought we were the party of family values. If you allow somebody to use force of arms like Putin to kidnap the children of another country, I don't want to live in that world. The bottom line is so much is at stake if we let Putin go. For those who see no fault in Putin, you're blind. Putin has destroyed every semblance of checks and balances in his own country. He has raped his own economy. He is destroying his neighbor, Ukraine. He wants to recreate the Russian empire. And he's a war criminal, and he's not going to stop until somebody makes him stop. So if you believe that defunding the police is a bad idea, well, then you don't want to let Putin get away with it. Because if you defund the police, the crooks take over the town. If you let Putin rewrite the map of Europe by force of arms, you're going to have a situation where he'll go to Estonia, Latvia, um, uh, Lithuania, which are NATO nations in the Eastern Bloc that he claims uh, ownership of. So stop him now or pay later. So that's my view about Ukraine. It's about things much bigger than just, it's not a territorial dispute. It's about who we are. It's about forgiving and forgetting war crimes on an industrial scale. To appease aggression leads to more of it. World War II for dummies. I'm about to write a book called World War II for dummies. <laughs> Everything that Putin's doing, Hitler did. And we need to stop him and stop him now unlike what we did with Hitler. Are there limits in your judgment on military equipment that should be provided to Ukraine? Uh, the capability of the Ukrainians to use the equipment. We're certainly not going to give them a nuclear weapon. We're, the equipment we give 
Ukraine, like the F-16s, which they make in Greenville, they need to drive out Russia from Ukrainian territory. I'm not advocating sending American forces to Ukraine. I'm not advocating, you know, an invasion of Russia. I hope the people in Russia will take care of Putin because they have no future with him. But give them the advanced fighter systems they need to evict Russia from Ukrainian-held territory. Give them the artillery that can reach out and hit the Russians before they get hit. Give them the capability to liberate their country. Again, if we let Putin get away with this, there goes Taiwan, and the Iranians are going to sprint toward a bomb. Rewriting the map of Europe by force of arms never turns out well with America, for America. All right, you mentioned Iran. I want to ask you two follow-up questions. You also mentioned Israel. Uh, I'm sure a lot of my listeners are trying to figure out why the United States, on the one hand, believes that Iran may have had a role in the killing of a United States contractor in Syria, but on the other hand, we are negotiating with them on a nuclear agreement. Um, that, I think, just makes people scratch their heads. How, how can you sit down and trust people? <laughs> the other thing is Israel and the judicial reforms. We read a lot about kind of chaos right now in Israel. Should we be, should we be worried about that? Well, I'm going over to Israel. I'm going to hear both sides of the story. Israel is a democracy. They're aligned with the United States. Israel provides a lot of intelligence to our nation regarding terrorist activity to protect Americans. They're in the backyard of all the bad guys. They're surrounded by some pretty bad hombres. So Israel surviving is important for the United States in terms of our own national security interests. Uh, they've been a reliable partner. They deserve our support. So how do you deal with the Iranians? The first thing you got to do in a law practice, dealing with family matters and foreign policy, is who's on the other side of the table? What does the Ayatollah actually want? Is he trying to build a peaceful nuclear power program, or is he lying about it and he actually wants a bomb? If you don't believe that the Ayatollah is trying to build a bomb, you should not be allowed to drive anywhere in America. They have been trying to build a bomb for decades. There is no peaceful nuclear purpose for enriching uranium at 60 percent, much less 90 percent. The Israelis believe they're trying to build a bomb, and I think they would use it. The Ayatollah is a religious zealot. Under his view of the world, you have to bow to Islam as he knows it. If you're a Sunni Muslim, he's going to take over your mosque. If you're a Christian, he's coming after you. If you're an infidel like the Jewish people in his eyes, they're going to wipe you off the map. It's hard to believe that Hitler wanted to kill all the Jews. Nobody said he really meant it. He's just talking. Well, he actually meant it, and the Jewish people believed the Iranian Ayatollah would wipe them off the map if they could. So all I can say is that Iran is trying to destabilize Syria, uh, Yemen, uh, and Iraq. It is not in our interest to allow the Ayatollah and Iran to get stronger by dominating Syria, Iraq, or Yemen. So I don't mind negotiating with people who I don't like or really bad. I don't mind negotiating with China. Sometimes you have to do that. Here's what I object to. Believing that a nuclear negotiation will disarm a man who's hell-bent on getting a nuclear weapon. The wrong model has been created Trump had it right. You punish them for their nuclear program. You don't reward them. 
you deter them from getting a weapon by threatening to blow them off the map. Everything Biden's doing is encouraging Iran. China is more bold than they've ever been. We have a broken border. People are coming into this country by the millions. We don't know who they are. This is a very dangerous time, and I'll end where I started this program. There are several things going on at the same time. ISIS is coming back in Afghanistan, the biggest debacle maybe in my lifetime. The rise of radical Islam in Afghanistan and other places is going to come back to America. You may be tired of fighting them. They're not tired of fighting you. They're going to come through that broken border if we don't fix it, and we need to hit them before they hit us. Biden is failing on multiple fronts. All right, I'm going to bounce around. Um, uh, there is not a geography test, although I'm sure you could pass it. Um, but I, I'm, I'm going to jump to Finland because Finland has now joined NATO, or I, I think right. it's official now. And there may be other countries yeah. on the horizon. Is yeah. that significant? Uh, and if so, why should our listeners care about that? I'd rather have friends than not have them. Let me just say this. Back to radical Islam. You got two choices. You can fight them in their backyard or your backyard. Uh, before 9-11, September the 10th, 2001, we didn't have one soldier in Afghanistan. We didn't have an embassy. We didn't give any money. We got attacked anyway. Why? They have a religious view, Trey, requires them to dominate the world like the Nazis had a view of the superiority of the Nazi race. Well, the radical Ayatollah has a religious view that doesn't accommodate others. What is Putin doing? He's trying to recreate the Russian Empire. He believes the worst thing ever happened was the collapse of the Soviet Union. So what is he doing? He's taking the low-hanging fruit. Finland is a neighbor, right? And uh, Finland has joined NATO, and Sweden's right behind them. Now, why are they doing that? They believe they're safer collectively. Why does it matter to us? The last time Europe went bad in World War II, where Hitler took one country and then another, nobody did anything about it, you get sucked into the war. Hitler was aligned with the Japanese and the Italians, with the Iranians and uh, the Russia and China are all aligned. So here's what I would say. I would say to the American people that we need to stop Putin now. We have an Article 5 commitment to NATO members. Finland is in NATO that makes us safer. The more people that are willing to fight with us for democracy and freedom, the better off we are. Syria. It was an incident. Um, it is alleged that you would know more than I do about it. But it, it, I think I read that it may have been a an Iranian drone that was used to kill yeah. um, an American. Con- was President Biden's response, retaliation, if you will, sufficient in your judgment that's number that's question number one question number two you're not in the house i would never ask a senator to explain what happens in the house (laughs) but 47 republicans voted with the squad on an amendment to remove all u.s troops from syria so i'm trying to figure out if you think he should have done more why do you want to remove all the troops and therefore remove (laughs) a good bit of the intelligence so he can do more well we're going to make this real simple okay here's what if if you do the same thing over and over again expecting a different result you're insane if you get kicked in the head by a mule once you're to move right the last time we pulled out of the mid-east because we were tired of being there 
was Iraq. Everybody told Obama ISIS and al-Qaeda are still present um, in, in Iraq after Saddam was taken out. If we leave, they're going to destabilize the region. Obama knew better than everybody. Biden knew better than everybody. We left. What the hell happened? ISIS came about. They took over all of northern Iraq, went into Syria, created a caliphate headquarters in Raqqa, killed hundreds of Americans and thousands of people throughout the planet uh, from operations planned and directed from Raqqa, Syria. So what did Trump do? He told the military, kill these and he took the caliphate down. What are these people advocating now? Well, ISIS is still present in northeastern Syria. It is oil-rich. The Iranians are trying to drive us out and get all the oil in Syria. If we leave Syria now, we've got 900 troops, ISIS will come back. And the same damn thing will happen over and over again. You owe it to the men and women in the military who go out and fight the bad guys and take territory not to give it back to the enemy because you've got a view of the world that doesn't make sense. I'll tell you, and everybody listening on this podcast, if you think leaving the Mideast makes us safer, you don't understand the Mideast. More of my conversation with Senator Lindsey Graham is coming up. All right, before I let you go, I because uh, this is already like a full work day for for you, <laughs> yeah, and I, know, I, like I three weeks for you. <laughs> I know you're I know you're exhausted. Thank you for sticking with us. <laughs> I want I want to ask you about China, and there are a couple of different things you you referenced the the feckless withdrawal from Afghanistan that they were watching. They are watching Ukraine. Um, they just they have yeah. a new a, a new or maybe not a new, but they have a relationship with Russia. They they watch. You know, 50 House Republicans say, hey, get out of Syria. So are you convinced, first of all, how would you label our current relationship with China? And are you convinced that the Republican Party would defend Taiwan, uh, given the somewhat weak need response in some (laughs) other parts of the world? Well, here's what I would say about Taiwan. Why does it matter to anybody in South Carolina or any place on the planet, really? Taiwan is the home of 90% of all the high-end chips made that go into vehicles made in South Carolina, planes, refrigerators, you name it. Taiwan is uh, the center of high-end chip manufacturing. To give it to China would allow them to have a monopoly. Taiwan has been an island of democracy since the end of World War II. That's where the people standing up with the communists fled on mainland China. They went to Taiwan. We have been providing them arms. We've got a good working trade relationship. If you give them Taiwan, they will not stop. China is claiming islands owned by Japan and the Philippines. China is marching forward. Taiwan is a tripwire. Taiwan matters to us economically. Again, have you learned nothing from World War II and past wars? When you give in to aggression, you get more of it. Here's the Biden's biggest mistake. When he got elected president, he took cruise missiles out of submarines that were nuclear-tipped. Now, Taiwan's an away game for us militarily. If we can win in Ukraine, it's going to make Xi think twice about going into Taiwan. We need to arm Taiwan so they can fight for themselves. We need to move our troops forward so the Chinese would understand America is serious about defending our interest in Asia, because if you give up Taiwan, there goes a lot of Asia, and you're going to have a big war in Asia, because Japan, South Korea are not going to let China dominate, and we're going to be in a world of hurt. Stop war before it starts, is my view. What would I do if I were president? I would beef up the Navy. 
and I would put cruise missiles, nuclear-tipped, in China's backyard like Reagan did during the Cold War and say, we don't want a war, but if you start sinking American aircraft carriers, you start coming after American interests, all bets are off. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're missing an opportunity to deter war. What did Reagan do during the Cold War? He moved in nuclear-tipped cruise missiles telling the Russians, if you invade Germany through the Folder Gap, I'm not going to match you tank for tank, but I'm not going to give you Europe. I don't want a war of any kind. If you've been around the military like I have, war is a terrible thing, but I don't want to lay down in the face of aggression. And Ronald Reagan broke the Soviet Union's back. And we got to stand up to China. I don't want a conflict with China, but if you start giving parts of Asia away to China and give Ukraine to Russia and just keep your eye, you're blind to what Iran's going to do, you're going to wake up with three major wars in Asia, on the continent of Europe involving NATO if you don't stop Putin now, and a nuclear conflict because the Arabs are going to go. Anything you give the Iranians, if the Iranians get a nuclear bomb, the Arabs are going to want a nuclear bomb. Then you're on the road to Armageddon. All of this is not inevitable, but Biden is a fecklessly weak president. Nobody fears him. Nobody respects him. Trump scared the hell out of everybody at times, including me. And we need to be strong, and the Republican Party needs to understand who we are. We're the party of family. We're the party of uh, capitalism. And we're the party of freedom. And sometimes you have to fight for those values. And the best way to prevent a war is to deter it. And the best way to deter it is to convince people they will lose if they fight America. Is it an overstatement in your judgment to say that there is something of a schism within the Republican Party on the approach you just laid out? Because when I hear not just like uh, stay out of Ukraine, but what I interpret to be pro-Putin uh, comments, when I say pull, you know, 800 troops, eight, literally 800 and, and you go 900 yeah. Okay, 900, we're going to pull them home, and that's going to change everything. So, (laughs) I mean, I I hear America first, but I don't know how you can be first if if you're not anywhere else. I mean, you're you're just literally all back home. Well, you can't build a wall between us and the Mideast. We need a wall on the southern border to stop the invasion, right, coming from Mexico. You can't build a wall, so what do you do with the Mideast? You have our troops— Small in number, 2,500 in Iraq, 900 in Syria, all over the, the globe, working with people in the backyard of the enemy so they can't get here. All those troops, 900 troops, will prevent ISIS from coming back in Syria. The last time they were in charge of Raqqa, Syria, ISIS, they attacked America. I mean, hundreds of Americans died through ISIS-inspired and planned attacks. They attacked the, you know, the uh, the concert hall and and and. France, ISIS did, you know, planned in Raqqa, Syria, and just slaughtered people. So they will keep coming if you don't keep your foot on their throat. But this has been with us as long as we've been a democracy. Before uh, December the 7th, 1941, isolationist fever was rampant in America by both parties. It's just not a Republican Party problem. Nobody wanted to get involved in another European war. World War One hung over our heads. We kind of just looked the other way and tried to explain Hitler away 
and rationalize the uh, irrational, and the next thing you know, you have World War II. So this idea of leaving people alone and not getting involved in other people's problems makes sense to me to a certain extent. Where you lose me is when I know those problems are coming here. And the people who are trying to rewrite the map of Europe, China and Iran, do not have our best interests at heart. We cannot live in a world where you can't travel freely and openly. You can't do business. Um, if the communist dictatorships take over Asia, that whole market goes. So I'm just begging my friends in the Republican Party, understand what Ronald Reagan got right. Understand what Trump got right. Trump didn't want to get involved, but he was unafraid to stand up for America when it mattered. He killed Soleimani. And Iran was in a box. And everything that Trump has accomplished, from border security to deterrence in the Mideast, has been lost. We need to regain what Trump had done for America. China was afraid of Trump. We secured our border. We destroyed the caliphate. People respected us. All of that's been lost. And if we don't regain it and regain it quick, we're going to have a lot more war, not less war. Uh, what have I not asked you that I should have? Why I cannot turn on the golf ball. <laughs> I mean, if you could answer that question, I would guarantee you world it's... peace. I would guarantee you a thriving <laughs> economy. I would guarantee you energy independence. A beautiful wall would be built if you could do just one thing. That's <laughs> uh... me to consistently turn. So the fate of the world depends on your ability to get me to turn through the golf ball. Don't let the world down. <laughs> the answer is the same for both of us. There are too many candles on the birthday cake. <laughs> when they're, when it becomes a fire hazard, when they, when they give us a birthday cake and it's a fire hazard, it is, I will say this, I will say this, I will compliment you as I say goodbye. There has been one United States senator in the history of our republic who actually paid a golf debt. Only one. And it is you. And and if you think now, granted, was the money like from the Great Depression? Because it, it, it I literally think it was the first dollar you ever made because I don't think you've ever you, you spent could go, that dollar. You could go to the outback. You could go to the outback with what I paid you, but you'd have to order cheap. But here's the good news. You can tell the IRS about all this when they come knock on your door. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were getting rid all right, of all buddy. those 80,000 agents. I didn't think I had anything right. to worry about. I'm getting rid of most of them, but I'm going to turn the rest on you. Listen, man, you've been a great friend. Uh, you know, Thank you for your friendship, your leadership, your voice. You do a really good job on Sunday night. We're all proud of you in South Carolina. And, you know, We're all going to rise to the occasion. The best days lie ahead for America. I really believe that. Well, I cannot thank you. You are um, you are a ton of fun. Uh, I'm obviously, you know a lot about foreign policy and whether people agree with your. I mean, you mentioned kind of obliquely that you were familiar with the military. I mean, I went to your retirement party from the Air Force. You 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 have more than just a fleeting connection with the military. Yeah. Thank you. But I have, I'll tell you the same thing that I tell every crowd when I give a speech. I have known Lindsey Graham for 30 years, and I've actually liked him for part of that time. <laughs> I, say that, I say that to every crowd I speak to, 
I cannot thank you enough because I know you're busy. All you hunter guys are busy. Thank you for sharing with us and with our listeners. And I look forward to the next time you want to come take advantage of what's left of my membership at the Country Club of Spartanburg. And uh, we, we will play golf very, very soon. Until then, you take care of yourself, okay? Thanks, Ray. God bless, pal. Thanks. Yeah, you too. Thank you, Senator. And thank you all for listening. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.